Big news for podcast on Spotify, Joe Prano. You can now rate podcast on the Spotify app for their spot for the podcast on their app. Well, Andy, I, I, you know, I'm not a Spotify guy, but I, I was surprised to see how many people in their year end rap were like, I listened to 10,000 hours of the dirty sports on Spotify this year. So if you are a Spotify user, rate us five stars. That's simple. So you don't have, they the don't same. Do it. Is it still five stars? Is five yeah. stars the max on Spotify yeah. or is Spotify is like, this goes up to six. No, they have five. There's no reviews. It's just rate. So Great. If, you, if you're a Spotify listener of this podcast, go right now. Cause you're listening to it right now. Pause it. Give us five stars. We will really appreciate it. Take a screenshot and you'll send you koozies. Yeah, exactly. Take a screenshot. I'll send you koozies. It's that simple. Okay. Let's get to a great day of sports talk. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I said, welcome to, welcome to. Dirty Sports Podcast With Andy Ruther and Joe Prano Welcome to, welcome to The Dirty Sports Podcast Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast I am your host, Andy Ruther Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio With my co-host from New York Joey, no chill Prano Good morning, Andy Morning. I like uh, kind of like these, you know, get this out of the way. Actually, yeah. I shouldn't say that sounds bad. Get this out of the way. That's that's I no, that but back. it's you know, it's it's like football on the West Coast. It's nice when it starts at 10 a.m. because you have you have the whole day ahead of you. After. Yeah. Um, So I'm actually doing it an hour later than I normally would, but it's still two hours earlier. Wait, what? Well, because normally I would get up and do this at uh, 10 a.m. L.A. Yeah. So one o'clock your time. Yeah. I feel you. Time travel, bro. Yeah. So in a way, I'm actually doing it later in the day than I usually do. Yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying. How's the weather over there? Is it, is it cold? It's cold. Yeah, it was warm a couple days ago. And then uh, rain. As the cold front came in, yeah. And now I don't know what it's at exactly right now, but I'm going to guess in the low 40s. Yeah, I think. The, oh, the cl- sorry, 30 degrees. Haven't been outside yet today. 30 degrees. The the cold rain is the the worst. Yeah. Then you're just like just snow. Uh, exactly. Just just bring the snow. I uh, I'm excited. We we got through this NFL season, man. It's I'm excited for this show. I'm, I'm always excited, but like this, I, I wish I wrote it down, but this is, it's something along these lines. I heard watching the games yesterday. There's never been this many teams with six. I think, I think this was the, this was the comment because obviously, because there's an extra week, but that really doesn't change what week it is. Right. So this was week 15. Th- this was it. This is what I heard. There's never been this many teams in the history of the NFL with six wins Entering week 15. Nice. 
excited that my team is not one of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be honest, didn't didn't pay too much attention to that game. Well, you shouldn't have. It was terrible, mostly because the Giants in uh you know, in in a very kind of typical NFL move. Obviously, this is something the Giants haven't had to deal with at much over the past 20 years, but typically NFL, a guy that we all know has stunk every second he's been in the league gets to start his third consecutive game for the Giants. You're like, what are you guys doing? Like, I didn't, I barely paid attention myself because I was like, and I said it to you. I mean, how many times in the la- in the history of the show have I ridden the Giants, especially on a on a interdivision game? Because I'm like, oh, they'll hang around. I was like, I'm not I'm not betting on Mike Glennon. And of course, just plays horribly. And then they bring in Jake Fromm, who like shows like it's like, why wouldn't you just start the start Jake Fromm? Who cares? Why wouldn't you just start a guy from start, start Jake from start, State Farm? Exactly. Start a guy from NFL Europe. Start Colin Kaepernick. Start anybody but a guy who's like, I honestly, when I watch a guy like Mike Glennon get a third consecutive disastrous start, it really always does take me back to how angry I was about Colin Kaepernick. It's like the 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 fact that people exist out there and are like, he's not in the league because he's bad. It's like all over the league, year after year, some guy who has been bad from the second. He stepped foot into the NFL to the second he will leave. Starts multiple games for a team. Because they're like, yeah, but we know he sucks. It's fine. We know him. It's going to be Peterman or Glennon, Chase Daniel, whoever. Like, just some fucking whoever. Just a guy who's going to come in there and nod and go, yeah, I can suck for you, coach. So he got a big contract. Was that because of his 2013 season where he started 13 games? Um, no, I think he got a big contract because the Chicago Bears exist as an organization. I don't think any other team was going to give him that. I don't think. At the time, everybody was like, wait, what? Why would you guys do that? Dude, it's wild. So he, I, I'm pulling it up. So in 2013, he started 13 games. He threw for 2,600 yards, 19 touchdowns, nine interceptions. They go four and nine. The next year he starts. I just don't understand the contract. Next year he only starts five games. Next year he starts zero games. And I'm looking at his salary. You know, he suddenly, you know, he signed a deal. He's making eight. He made eight million dollars in 2017 for the Bears. Yeah. I love. I love when like shitty QBs fleece an organization. Though it's so funny to me. You're like, what were you thinking? I. I and that's that's going to be the theme, I think, of this show. A lot of what were you thinking? There's been a lot of debates on some of these coaching decisions that happened this week. There's a lot of head scratching, at least from my viewpoint. We've had some heated discussions. Heated. Yeah, well, we should start there because you dragged me into a three-way text chain with Tug, with Tug Coker about uh, the decisions on uh, in the Chiefs chargers game and uh i'm sort of uh, i'm 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 kind of closer to your side of the argument but i'm definitely way closer to the middle of the two of you guys 
And then the two of you guys, I mean, you you guys are literally having like a a fucking Brad Pitt versus the scout in uh, in Moneyball argument. Like you're literally the grizzled old man. And Tug is just like Tug. Tug will literally is like autistic. He's just like analytics, analytics. And you're like, yeah, but and he's like analytics. Well, analytics. And you're like, okay, we get it. Yeah, some fucking computer junkie says that those are the right calls. Yeah, I texted. I texted both. Obviously, you the three of us text a lot on football analysis or just what we think watching games. I was shocked his reaction when I texted both of you watching the Chargers. Chiefs game. Full disclosure, I was legitimately like pissed. Like I, I just because to me they they shouldn't win that game, and especially the way that, that the defense played for the most part, right until the end. And I I just think we're at a point with football the same way you and I have discussed, and you know more about it than me with baseball of analytics and all this. And this idea, and Tug didn't respond. This was, you know, this was the last text I had. This idea that momentum does not exist. I, I stand by what I texted in our group. That's saying that, that's basically saying you don't believe in human emotion. I don't, I just don't even know. I, I don't know what how that to means. respond to somebody who thinks that analy- or that momentum doesn't exist. It's like, I, I like, as somebody who plays sports, as somebody who watches, we spend our whole lives watching sports. I understand. I understand there being an analytical thing of like um, momentum. You shouldn't factor in momentum that much because this. But the idea that it's it's not a thing, the idea that it should be ignored, is insane to me. It's like saying you watch you watch every single NBA game. Every single one is a game of runs, and you don't believe that. Teams get hot, teams get cold, teams feel, you know, the momentum of guys in that that have a chemistry of playing together. The bench is, has, has a good game. The starters have a good game. It's like if there was no such thing as momentum, if there was no such thing as, you know, any given Sunday, then all these games can be played on paper. Julius Randle's going to hit 41% of his shots. He's going to take this many in the game. This is how many points uh, he's going to score. This is how many and down the line for everybody. And then just play rotisserie sports. But that's just not the case. Now, I, I like. I think that there's... Can I go, say something go, real quick? To go back to the Chiefs-Chargers game. Okay, go ahead. I just want to say something about momentum. That was kind of what I... I don't know if Tug was trying to... I don't know if he I explained it adequately or if he fully understand. My point was... It's not just sports. If you say, and Tug literally said this, and I saw a few people tweet this too, because I was going back and forth with people saying momentum doesn't exist. If you say that, then momentum does not exist in life because it, it goes beyond sports. If, if you're doing well in a job and you're successful, dude, you, it gives you good energy, right? And confidence, that's momentum. And then, then you want to venture out and do something else or in a relationship or whatever. Momentum is real for life. So if you're saying momentum, anyone out there listening, because I know there's some of you, if you're saying momentum doesn't exist in sports, you're saying it doesn't exist in life. If if you go out there, and I'll just dumb it down, if you like get laid and you feel good and you have that good feeling, that's momentum. 
then you might then take that into work the next day or whatever. I, I just think this concept that it doesn't exist, to be honest, is wild to me. I But I also think that it exists in sports way more than it exists in, in everyday life. Like in sports, it, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, through the history of sports, like think about all the teams that get hot at the end of the year. It's like, think about, oh, like analytics, the, 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 the New York football giants, don't have a Super Bowl Perfect against example. the 18 and 0 Patriots if if you just play the game of analytics. Yeah. If they just don't. They're only in because they get hot. They're only in because they get go, get through the playoffs. They're only in like and and on a game by game basis, to me, I mean there's there's parts in that game again to go specifically back to the game. I don't care. I don't mind going for it on that first and goal on the on the on the very first drive because I'm like, okay, you think you're going to be in a shootout in a division game. You don't think three points are going to get it done. You want to set a tone, but that decision, like that can't just be an analyst decision either. I I feel like that decision is made because a coach believes in momentum. I, I feel like that decision is made by a coach saying we need to get seven. Yeah. And, and so that, and, and so that's fine with me. So that's fine with me. The that the uh, opposite end of the spectrum, not kicking it before the half, is so is fucking stupid. It's reckless. You've already not gotten one. You're you're going into the half like I mean I hate you're, to you're up four. Yeah, let me just revisit that for people who forgot. You you've held the Chiefs defense or you've held the Chiefs offense to ten points at the at this juncture. Your defense has played pretty well. Your defense just got a turnover. You just got a turnover. On Patrick Mahomes, you just caused a fumble, right? You drive down the balls at I think the one and a half or two yard line. You have three seconds to go, right? Wow, you just got a turnover. Your team's feeling good. You can be up a touchdown at half, and it's and it's essentially a free three points. Yes, and to me that was like the egregious one because I, I hate to back Terry Bradshaw, who I think is an idiot generally, but he, he said it and I couldn't agree more. He said, you're going, you're either jogging into the locker room because you just got three or you're walking into the locker room because you just failed and your head's down and you're just moping your way into the locker room. And he said, he said, and now the chiefs are jogging in because they got to stop and get the, the ball. Defense, yeah. The chiefs get the ball to start the second half. It, to me, that is fucking stupid. And to and to use honestly, I think that these coaches that use the book told me to go for it is a cop out. It essentially what they're doing is they're 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 just as incompetent as old school football guy who's like, well, I take the points. When I get points, I take the point. It's like you have to have room wiggle room in your mindset for what is going on in the moment. And it like the analytics of every situation you, if you're, if you're doing anything, you're taking things into consideration from the one yard line, right from the one yard line or whatever, or let's say from the five yard line, let's say you have fourth and goal from the five, the opening, I bet you, dri- the op- the opening drive. Right. But I bet you analytics say, if you have fourth and goal on the five, you can't run the ball there, right? 
or or the analytics probably say you are um, 70 percent more likely to get it if you pass it than if you try to run it in from fourth and goal on the five. Okay, what if it's fucking snowing? What if it's raining? What if it's the wind game that Buffalo and New England played the other game? If, if you take if you can consider certain things like that when you're taking your analytics, then you should consider everything. That's your job as a coach. Bill Belichick ignored analytics on the Buffalo game for the whole game. There's no analytics that say you should run the ball every single time for an entire football game. There's none. And he won because he took other things into consideration, which you have to do. Take the analytics and then take the fact that you're the head coach of a football team who knows what the fuck he's doing and put those two things together. Otherwise, be the Dodgers where you win one World Series in however many years, even though you have the most talented roster and the most the highest payroll because a computer is making your decisions. Yeah, and I agree with you for the most part. Like I'm more for kick the field goal on the opening drive when it when they get the penalty or or when they lose yards and it goes back to fourth and five, you know, but I understand going for a touchdown there. Like I don't hate it. I I'd say get the points because again, it's not in the one or two yard line to me. It's a little different in the five, but the one before half is bad. And obviously he did it again in the second half in the third quarter. I think it was the 26 or 27 yard line. They go for it. They don't get it. Now they did go for it on another drive and they ended up scoring a touchdown, but the effect of that game, and that's what I want people to understand. If they and, win, and Andy and Andy Reid did it in the game. And my thing is always as well, like the analytics can be whatever it is. But if you have, if you make an incompetent play call, the the analytics are not factoring in for that. The idea that Andy Reid had he didn't have fourth and goal. He had fourth and half a yard, like out inside the five. So he could have got a whole new set of downs. Run a fucking quarterback sneak. The idea that you are sending a guy in motion doing a quick snap screen shotgun play yeah. that Patrick Mahomes is supposed to immediately get the ball and throw it without like even having a chance to like get the seams of the football. And he throws a fucking two hopper. It's like, how, how, how can that possibly be your play call? And, and we see it again with the Ravens. The end of the last night's game. How is that your play call? You're just rolling out to one specific receiver. You're giving him one option. What if he falls down? Yeah. Well, I hate everyone. I, you know, I was arguing with some people. Everyone, if. Well, if that. But it didn't happen. Right. Well, well if, if analytics were uh, fucking taken in a vacuum, then these calls are all great. But if you don't have a play call for it, and if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, and if you're showing that you're panicking, that sets a whole other thing into events. Like, so, so, so for people who say momentum is not a thing, it, it, it's ironic because that Chiefs game, that's literally what happened. You knew, we all know this. We know the Chiefs are going to make a push at the end. They're just one of those teams, the Chiefs, the Packers. You know, you know there's certain teams with certain quarterbacks. A lot of times, you know, the, the Bucks not last night, but they're, they're going to make a push at the end if they've showed any sort of offense that game. We both knew, did we not, Joe? The minute that came into overtime, it's over. It's over. Dude, yeah. ev everyone in America who understands football knew the momentum was all on Kansas City's side, and they lost that game. So if he just kicks that field goal, there is no overtime. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's what—that's the thing I don't 
I don't really subscribe to as much because then the whole game is played differently, right? Okay. You're playing, you're playing every aspect of it differently. So like I was at a bar watching the game, this local shitty bar in my hometown. There's literally no one there except for like three old guys. And this guy's like, see, this game's already over. Should have fucking kicked it. And it's like, well, then the, you know, the chiefs aren't just going down and getting a, a touchdown at the end of the game to be down three and being like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, you know, it, it certainly changes every way, every aspect that the game is played from there on out. That's why I, I say listening to analytics and listening to your gut, the, both of them should be factored equally. That's why it, you could say, Oh, if you kick the field goal in the beginning game, and if you kick the field goal at the half, and if you did this, it's like, yeah, sure. But it's like, I didn't mind the first one, but I did mind the second one. And the bottom line is I just hate seeing teams get get outsmarted by their coach who can't justify it in the press conference after other than saying there's a machine that tells me what to do. And I listen to it. That's it. If you can't justify and, and give me your train of thought and be like, if if your only explanation is in the long run, all this will pay in the long run. You might be fired. Yeah. And, and speaking of momentum, you win that game. You're in sole possession of first place, sole possession. And and they don't have the last three games for the Chargers. I believe are the Texans, Broncos, Raiders, all three winnable games. My point is you have momentum. What's what's the momentum for your team now? You You don't have it. And now you're kind of behind the eight ball somewhat. And I, I, I just, I couldn't. I mean, obviously the, the idea, no one's, no one's making a decision that he, he thinks this is giving him the best chance to win. No, I, I know he is. I, I just, some of these coaches uh, uh, again, and, and we can move on from that game, you know, the hardball one again, it's like, so it's failed twice now in the last three games going for two. So I thought that the general rule was you're on the road, you go for it. You try to sneak a win. You don't want to play overtime in front of their home crowd. At home, you kick it, you play overtime, you get the crowd, you have, you know, your thing. So there's that factor, but like also being like, hey, we, we were, we're only in this game because, you know, our, our backup quarterback plays really well. We have no essentially believing the analytics and believing in momentum and saying we had no business to win this game, but we have an opportunity to. So let's take it. I'm fine with that. But then it gets to how do you call that play? How do you fucking call that play? How do you call a play, a passing play to a corner of the end zone? With one option. Well, and that's exactly what Troy Aikman said during the game, right? He said, when you roll him out, when you roll Huntley out to the right, you've now eliminated the entire left side of the field. You just have Mark Andrews as your only option. Yeah. What if he falls down? What if he, what if, what if he's, what if he falls down? What if he, uh, what if he gets interfered with early in the play, a la like Rams, Saints, and the and the refs just miss it. Like, have an option, have a run pass option, have an option to throw to a different receiver, have a bunch of guys lined up. Like, that's the thing is like 
the analytics don't consider your coach calls you a fucking shitty play. Yeah. To me, when I when I'm in those situations, I'm a head coach. If I'm in those situations, a two point conversion or a fourth and goal or uh, a fourth and one in the middle of the field or whatever, you better have that fucking gold card in your pocket. Otherwise, the analytics don't matter. Oh, well, if 60 percent of the time it says 60 percent of the time, it says what? You run Patrick Holmes bounced it. What I don't really get about the analytics is every game has a simulation, right? So like ESPN.com will have a simulated score for every NFL game. It's never accurate. That's analytics. Is it not? Is that, is that analytics? Yeah. Right. So what the hell are we talking about here? If, if analytics are always correct, then all those simulated scores would happen. But they don't. I mean, they don't you, factor you, in injuries. You know, the the other thing weather. is the, the analytics crowd goes, "You're you're judging things on outcome," and I'm like, "No, I'm not." When I see a shitty play call that works, it's just as frustrating as when you see a shitty play call that doesn't. Especially when it's your team. I've seen that a million times with the Giants. A shitty play call that works. Now suddenly the coach thinks that play works, and you're like, "Dude, you got fucking lucky." That play yeah. was shit. That play call at the end of the Ravens game was shit. That that fourth and half a yard call from Andy Reid in the Chargers game was shit. It's shit. I would like to see the analytics on when a team goes for it, fourth and less than one, and the quarterback spikes the ball into the ground. What are the analytics of that? Zero percent of the time they get it. So what the fuck are we talking about? It's a shitty, shitty play call. The Ravens march down the field, fucking run back the ball back. here, run in the yeah. ball there, little dumps here. And then suddenly you're putting Andrews out there like as a wide out and sending him to the corner to do like a tippy tap toe drag in the corner of the end zone. Yeah. And obviously I'd rather see a QB draw there. I'd rather see a fucking throwback screen to Andrews after you make it seem like you're going right and you throw it left. I'd like to see fucking anything. I'd like to see a straight up run the ball. But to roll your QB out, put him in pressure, have him have to make a forced decision, have it to be one guy who's essentially double covered. What are the analytics on throwing a pass to a guy who's double covered? It was bad. Really bad coaching in that Broncos game. I posted this on the Dirty Sports Twitter. This blows my mind. I like you see these 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 prevent defenses, and I posted it. It's, it's wild. It's a it's a it's a tie game. The Bengals have nine seconds left with the ball. The announcer even said that the the Broncos DBs are back like thirty yards. You give an easy twenty yard completion. And it's mile high, so these kickers can add a few yards on their normal field goals. And the Bengals kicker, who's really good, drains it. Talk about, like, I just don't, I, how long are we going to do this, this sort of defense? Give them 10 yards. You can't give them 20. Oh, they only have nine seconds, so they can run one play? I just don't understand, like, 
why do we see this time and time again? A team you're trying to prevent them. A team, you know, they only need a field goal. It's high or take it overtime. Like we just, fear, because of fear. What's the and fear? You guys gonna get you guys gonna get burnt for a yeah. a, a six? Yeah, and then and then it's like, what the hell did you call this way? The 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 this is the problem with you know the way people handle all this stuff. It's like I can just play prevent, and whether it works or it doesn't, I just go, well, that's just what you do. It, it's just it's a it's a shitty way to play. I just hate it. I think your guy called. I think Randy Ruther called. He was he was pretty amped up about that game. So let's get a Randy Ruther update. Let's see let's see what he's doing. We also need a Reddit. Uh, we also need a Reddit post about maybe a vote. How do people feel about Randy Ruther? Randy Ruther getting a lot of love just week in and week out as the face of the Bengals on the show. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. And I, and, I, and I love I love Randy Ruther. I'll be seeing it, Randy Ruther in. Uh, Thing, but I'm like, does anybody even care? Yeah, let's find out. Do you want me to play the call? Sure. Fellas, Randy Ruther. <laughs> A couple things for you after that beautiful game. One, thank you, Jordan Trano, for uh not picking the Bengals this week. We appreciate that here at Two Day Nation. Two, I was wondering what you guys thought of that beautiful game where we got all the bad plays out of us so we can beat Kansas City next week. Three, as a Ruther who is now on the get rid of Zach Taylor wagon, uh, who would you rather have as a coach if you're a Bengals fan? Taylor or Urban Meyer? I'm taking Urban Meyer. Guy's got a winning mentality. Taylor ain't got it. Taylor's got a goat. So can Randy Ruther get a who day? I feel like Randy Ruther is on a highway in a car drinking and just letting the wheel do the work. Like he is all over the road with his Bengals takes right now. He's in on the Bengals, thinks the Bengals are going to win a playoff game this year, thinks the Bengals are going to beat Kansas City, thinks Zach Taylor should be replaced by Urban Meyer? That's yeah, a weird take. By the way, they do not play Kansas City next week. Randy, Randy's drunk. They play Baltimore, basically, for the division at home. Then they play Kansas City at home. Um, they, they said that stat, which I posted. I, can't, I just can't get over this stat. There, there's a few things that I saw this weekend that I can't get out of my head. This, this Zach Taylor Bengals stat is absolutely bonkers to me. It's one of the wildest stats I've ever heard. Zach Taylor, this is his third year as the Bengals coach, and it continues because they were leading at the end of the third quarter. He is 0-24 when his team is losing. It doesn't matter the points. 1 or 20 after the third quarter. Let me repeat that. Zach Taylor, as the Bengals head coach, is 0-24 when losing after the third quarter. Dude, that is the worst stat I think I've ever fucking heard. You're, you're basically saying in three years, almost three full seasons now, if the Bengals are behind at all, let's go to analytics. My analytics people must love this. 
there's a 100% chance the Bengals will lose. They cannot come from behind. And here's a perspective for you. They said during the Baltimore game, the Baltimore Ravens this year alone have come from behind to win five times in the fourth quarter. That's amazing. Five times. He's oh and Joe, have you ever seen a look? You're, you're not as connected to this as me because you don't, you're not from here. Does that stat alone just say this guy is awful? The, the thing with Zach, I'm not, obviously, I'm clearly not as connected to the Bengals. I don't care. But the thing with Zach Taylor is I feel like with a team that's as historically bad as the Bengals, I mean, the Bengals are, if it weren't for the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions, the Bengals would be like next team up. Yeah. With the, maybe with the Jets in terms of like disasters. I, I just feel like if you're a third year coach, you had the first overall pick two seasons ago. You're on the verge of potentially winning the division. I don't know what else you can ask the guy to do, especially considering he's a first time head coach. It's like, think about all the first time head coaches that came somewhere, didn't pan out, didn't do all that well, left, came back. It's like, I almost feel like get, let the guy, like he's getting the experience. But if you're, if you're, if you're learning to do the job while also winning a pretty tough division, if that happens or being in the mix for it, it's like, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an anti, like I can be anti Zach Taylor, the higher, but I can be pro keeping him because then it gets to, because what ends up happening is then you get the inevitable question of, of, you know, or who. And and the world's biggest Bengals fan right now behind door number two has Urban Meyer. Yeah, I'm not. Urban Meyer was just fired midseason for kicking a player. Obviously, I'm not in favor of Urban Meyer, but but then the question is, who are you in favor of? Well, you know, like who do someone, you want? Someone who doesn't go zero and twenty four. I, I mean, look, dude. Again, the numbers don't lie. You can say, oh, they're on the verge of possibly winning the division. He's fourteen thirty one and one as a coach. It's a 31% win percentage. He should right, never, but, but, but don't, you can't judge a guy who takes over the worst team in the league. And then is bad that year. Right. The way we don't judge Peyton Manning for throwing 35 interceptions year one. It's like, you're on a bad team. That's part of the, that's sure. part of the deal. I'm saying you've gotten this far. And in year three, you're, com you're competing for a division in a very difficult division. The question always becomes, What's your other option? Now, if Pete Carroll leaves, you know, Seattle this year and calls you and is like, hey, I'm interested in being the head coach of the Browns. Okay. I, but I would argue your other option is, is almost anybody but him. I mean, Urban Meyer is a stretch. But my, my argument is, is if you have talent in place as an organization, and they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. I will never deny that. Like they're talent. They have a great quarterback. Yeah, but I'd argue, I'd argue that just good head coaches aren't just like floating around. And I, and honestly, I think it's good head coaches, especially in the league this nowadays. We don't want that. We we can't take the college guy. It's a that's a broken system these days. It's two different worlds. Okay, so who are you taking? Now you're taking another 
offensive coordinator from somewhere with no head coaching experience. Now, if Josh McDaniels wants a job, sure, give it to him. But he, again, he wasn't even an he was a quarterbacks coach on the Rams. But my point is, who? What is your other option if you're him? Look at around the league. Well, you want to you want to hire a Brandon Staley? You want to hire a Joe Judge? You want to hire a like? Yeah, who I, are I the would, guys who are out there? I'm not as familiar with a lot of the unknown coordinators. Obviously, we know the B enemies. We know the Byron Leftwich. You're going to start. But that's my point from a from a organizational standpoint. Are you starting over in terms of an offense, in terms of how you have with Eric B enemy? Because he's the guy who stands there while Andy Reid calls the plays. I would. I, I would trust him more. I, I I wouldn't and I wouldn't I, and I wouldn't simply on just a this guy's already there. I'm going to dig up the yard and try a different grass seed when this grass seeds like but I, looking but I would, pretty good. I, I would argue again, obviously, I watch all the games. I'd argue Taylor is such a bad play caller for the weapons. The Bengals have where their offense ranks. I mean. You keep, th- consider the fact that you're in a, a difficult division defensively. For sure. But you have a thousand yard rusher. You have Joe Burrow. You have Boyd Higgins and Chase, along with some decent tight ends. I would just argue that, like, what they do versus what their potential is, they're not, they're not even coming halfway. Is what, is what I, and fine. Like, we'll watch it play out. I'm still convinced they're not going to make the playoffs. And I'm not I'm not I'm not rooting for the Bengals. I'm not supporting the Bengals. I'm just saying from a head coaching standpoint is like. You've already committed to this. Guy. I'm I, I'm not defending the hire. I'm defending keeping him because he's doing he's having some sort of success and he wasn't a head coach, but now he is. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about 25 years into Andy Reid's tenure. I mean, people are showing Andy Reid respect in the last five years. People but, have uh, essentially showed Andy yeah. Reid was a fucking clown. Yeah, with but the I, Eagles. I, I never, especially I never from agreed. a play calling standpoint. Yeah, but hold on, I never fully agreed with that. I mean, I mean, I mean, I thought he was disrespected. Andy Reid still led the Eagles to three straight NFC Championship games. Like that's not. Easy. And then the analytics say if Andy Reid's leads you to three straight Andy, if if you get led to an NFC Championship game with Andy Reid, you're going to lose. But my argument is even before he's he going to mismanage the timing, he's going to. Oh, OK, he's 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 not a good he's got a good time manager. But my point is, Andy Reid's has a success everywhere he's gone with every quarterback like Andy Reid then went to Kansas City. They're making the playoffs consistently with Alex Smith. My point is he. Does achieve a lot. And it doesn't matter where he goes. I, I, I think his record speaks for himself even before he got Patrick Mahomes. I, you know, I think Andy Reid's a really great coach, personally. Now, I, I think there are some coaches out there that, you know, as, as we look at this week, that, again, made some questionable decisions. We've already gone over some of them. But, like, I don't know. I, I Personally, I, I still feel confident and, and we'll see how it plays out with, with my bets with people on them winning a playoff game. Obviously the Baltimore game is basically for the division. Um, but even Bill Belichick had a questionable call this week, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he kicks a field goal when their offense is sputtered the whole game against the Colts. 
and obviously they score. They score one. They had scored up at that up to that point. They had scored one time, correct, in in any form. And then eight minutes and forty five seconds, or seven minutes, or whatever it was, eight minutes left to go in the game. You kick a field goal to close it to ten. So now you still need two scores. So in the entire game, you've scored two times, and now you're going to score two two times just to tie the game in the last eight minutes and forty five seconds. That's if you don't stop them. Now they did score one more, and they cut it to twenty to seventeen. And then Jonathan Taylor had that run. You know, at this point, Jonathan Taylor, he has to get serious MVP consideration. Because we talk about most valuable player and what they mean for their team. Carson Wentz threw the ball 12 times that game. He completed five passes. Yeah. You're beating the Patriots on the back of Jonathan Taylor and your offensive line. Right now, if I had to vote, if I had that option as a voter, my two MVPs are Aaron Rodgers and Jonathan Taylor. But you, but you have a vote. So who are you voting for? Aaron Rodgers. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. We're both voting for Aaron Rodgers. So all our consideration, what we're saying is like, hey, we want other voters out there along with us to consider Jonathan Taylor and then vote for Aaron Rodgers. Should there be, there should be a second award for people thought about who they thought about voting for before they voted for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He'd get my second place vote. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah great. I, I, I'm just saying he, his value to his team. I can't, you, you know, in my recent memory, I can't remember a running back. Well, I, sh- I shouldn't say it. Derek Henry's up there, but you know, where they mean that much to their team. Like Todd Gurley was great on those Rams teams. But they had such a great offense, you know, in general. They had the receivers and even golf was making the pro. You know, it was just Sean McVay had that thing running so efficiently. And Gurley was one of the, the great cogs in that offense. I'm just saying Taylor means that much. Dude, I would not want to play the Colts in the playoffs. Any team in the AFC. Now, Wentz is still a giant question mark. I, don't I, I have the answer. <laughs> He's not good. He's erratic. He's suspect. I mean, I, I, the Colts would probably be, if you asked me, and I agree with you, you don't want to play the Colts. But if you asked me the teams, and I'm, I'm including teams that wouldn't make the playoffs. If you were just like, which of these NFL teams have the potential to win four straight games to get to the Super Bowl, four straight games to win the Super Bowl. Colts would be below some teams that don't make the playoffs to me. I just think that they don't have uh, the consistency. And that is because of Carson Wentz, because if you have a consistent dominating run game, being a consistent football team should be easy. You should at least be consistent. You might not be that dynamic. You might not be that whatever, but you should be consistent. And I just think Carson Wentz alone makes them so erratic. Yeah. Because on any given on any given play, he could just drop back and just lose the football, just sure. like a, on a random play. Yeah. But they have a great, you, you know, they have a defense, man. Yeah. That, de- that defense. I, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. I don't. 
I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to play the Colts, especially because I think that's what the Colts, I think that is the Colts ceiling is like beating somebody in the first round of the playoffs that they, that no one expects them to beat. And then just rolling over and dying the next week. Yeah. And look at the chiefs, man. Here they are. The, uh, the Vegas favorites to win the Super Bowl right now. They are. Sitting up top. The AFC. It's absolutely amazing. I'm a little surprised, though. I'm a little surprised that they're the, they're the favorites, not the Packers. Well, because they figure at this point, the Chiefs are cruising. Much, yeah. Have e- momentum. E- yes. Easier path. Easier path through the AFC. So, you know, the first factor to winning the Super Bowl is getting to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs, the Chiefs got to be the favorite to get to the Super Bowl. Sure. Right. And therefore, if you're the if you're the odds on favorite to get there, you got to be the odds on favorite to win it. Let me ask you something. Speaking of the Chiefs, I was thinking about this. And it, it's wild when you compare their numbers. Because they're pretty similar. Who do you take, man? Overall career. Travis Kelsey, Gronk. I mean, to me, it's not even close. I'm just like, well, I guess there's there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors, but Gronk is a is a far better blocker, right? Kelsey is way more of a dynamic weapon in terms of the passing game. So it's like that is a factor. And that is that's that's a factor I think that weighs heavily for Gronk in terms of his legacy. But in the era that they both play in, in the modern tight end, I mean, take take you know how Belichick runs an offense versus how Randy Andy Reid runs an offense out of it. I'm taking Kelsey. Yeah. So so a, a quick stat line. You know, Gronk's Gronk's played 15 more games in his career. 15 more games in his career. So basically, a full season. He has. About 60 more total yards. So he'll have less yards at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. But Gronk crushes Kelsey in touchdowns. That's also right. why I ask. 92 to 55. If you do a per game basis, Kelsey has more. Kelsey, you know, again, since they've played a, a different amount of games, if you do it a per game basis, Kelsey averages about five and a half receptions a game at 71 yards. Gronk's about four and a half at 64 yards. So, but obviously a higher percentage of, of touchdown catches with Gronk. That's why I asked. But also Gronk played every single game with Tom Brady. Yeah. And Kelsey stayed on the field. Unlike I, I mean, I mean, give, give me, you know, take, take the, take whatever prime Gronk was for how many years and, and show me it up against every snap since Patrick Mahomes has joined the chiefs. I think those numbers get skewed even more. I mean, we're talking about a guy who, you know, play the two two of them playing with two of the greatest quarterbacks ever, but one of them has one of them was like, "Oh, Tom Brady's, I'm leaving." And he's like, yeah. "Oh, Brady's back, I'm back." Well, and and also one of them was one of them was having thousand yard seasons with Alex Smith. Right. That's that's precisely my point. Yeah, it, it is pretty fascinating because you have you have Kelsey 
who's been a uh, been a third a three time um first team all pro and same for Gronk. So so like but like like you have very similar comparisons, right? Yeah. So you're you're taking Kelsey. I was curious who you'd say, like hands down. I mean, to me, hands down, but again, that's so much like if you're telling me like there, I feel like there's there's a wiggle room in this one because they are different. They're they're same but different. I mean, they both have they both have incredible playmaking experience, but like Kelsey's just so dynamic after the catch. Um, you know, he's able to spread your eyes. Like Gronk has plenty of his touchdown catches and plenty of long, long plays in his career, but he's just not nearly as dynamic, in my opinion, as Kelsey, but he is also a way better blocker. So, you know, in terms of the package, if you're if you're selling me on either of these guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna forego the the blocking. I'll be like, okay, I'll strategize on how to block with another tight end or whatever. Uh and give me his health and give me his yards after the catch ability and give me, you know, just a big play ability versus the opposite. Now, Andy Reid might agree with that. And Bill Belichick might disagree with that. And, you know, uh, John Harbaugh choosing between the two might have a third opinion, you know, but for me, if if I'm putting the team together, that's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'll I'll figure out how to block with my tight ends. Give me that. Give me the guy who's going to stay on the field and just be more dynamic. Sure. And then in the playoffs, you know, even Kelsey per game, Kelsey hasn't beat all around. And Kelsey's played a lot of he's played 12 playoff games to Gronk's 20. It, it is interesting. I probably would lean toward Gronk or I'm sorry, towards Kelsey as well. But Gronk, I mean, just remember in his prime, you, just, you couldn't bring this dude down. They're obviously two different types of players how they avoid tackles or break tackles. But I'm going Kelsey. I, I mean, he is that good. And what he did in that game and finished with 190 yards and that game-winning touchdown in overtime, I, I just – it's crazy to think how good he I – don't, I, I don't think people – that's why I brought him up, Joe. Because because Gronk obviously – Gronk has, is doing all the commercials and he's the bigger name – he's more marketable. He's been on all those championship teams. I, I just, I think he gets all the love when we look at all time. And I don't think people mention Kelsey in that same realm enough. I, I yeah, I just don't. I think they will at some point, but I agree with you. Well, we talked about playing with Brady. I can't get over that, that run last night. I, I can't get it out of my head. What run? When Brady got sh- got oh the tackled. Brady scramble, dude. I I can't get over like that was your your forty four. I, I I can't I can't get over how awkward it was. He just did like a social media post too about it was like somehow I forget where I saw it, but like he just did something about being like a running quarterback, and it's just like it was hilarious. I mean, the second he was outside, it's like it, it was almost like he forgot for a minute that every defensive lineman in the NFL is faster than him. It was that, he came, that there's not a single person on the field 
except maybe Bruce Arians that can't chase him down. <laughs> it was cr- like, it's so funny because we talk about obviously the best and the goat and all this, but it was so cringeworthy. And to be honest, Brady just got his ass kicked last night, right? Like yeah. the Saints D was just kicking his butt all game from the opening play to the end. And to me, that's the first time I've ever seen like father time in real time with Tom Brady, where you're just like, dude. But to be fair, this is, I mean, by the way, I'm not saying he's, he's done, but I hear, I, I would argue in, in essence, in a way, that's what we've done. The, in career. I, the idea of done, like Tom Brady's sort of been done for a while. Like, you you can't expect Tom Brady to do anything but stand in the pocket and pick you apart with the little dumps here and the little dumps there. He just doesn't have like this is how you beat Tom Brady is you make him do anything besides stand like a statue in the pocket. And I would argue that's been the case for like more than a decade. No, you're right. I actually said that last night and I agree. Like that's the formula to beat him, you know, well, and that's the formula to beat a lot of quarterbacks is to pressure them. But also the thing is, is like Tom Brady isn't making plays. He's not escaping. He's not making a ton of throws with people in his face. He's not even sliding up in the pocket and make it like he needs to be protected. And he is a, he's a sniper, but if he's under fire, He's bad. I mean, the Saints are his kryptonite. Obviously, he won the playoffs, but he's not 0-4 since joining the Bucs. And these are butt kickings. Like, these aren't close games. These are... Momentum's not real, though. The Saints don't think about that when they go into the game. They don't think we've beaten Tom Brady ever since he joined the Bucs. They just go on it like, hey, we're, today we play a team in red. We're, we wear white. Just remember, we're the white team. They're the red team. There's no like confidence. The idea, the idea that these games that 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 for the history of mankind, people have been like, it's going to be a tough game because it's in division. That's not a real thing. Who cares where the teams are based? There's no such thing. Uh, Every hand of blackjack is a new hand. Shots fired. Yeah, it I is mean, crazy. you got it. You got like you have to think there's some factor in that. It's like, hey, we've had Tom Brady's number since he got here. We know what to do. Let's let's handle. Just keep doing what we do. Handle your business. Sure. Of course, there is. Of course, there is. We knew after the first quarter of that game. Oh, man. It's going to be tough for their offense. And obviously they lose Godwin. Evans is already out. You're down with your you're down with your two top receivers. And that's the thing. I know everybody. I know I'm a Tom Brady hater. I know Maddie Goldberg's gonna call the hotline and yell at me or something like that. But if he's down any of these weapons for any sort of significant period of time, I think it hurts him extensively. Suddenly, uh Suddenly, Antonio Brown's anti-vax fake vaccination card won't be a uh, locker room cancer if either of these receivers are hurt for a while. Oh, you'll love this, by the way. Speaking of, I had to look it up. This is an hour ago. 
Bruce Arians, bringing back Antonio Brown, Mike Edwards, those were the two with the fake vaccine cards, is in the best interest of the team. Well, of course is, it is. Is in the best interest? Yes, is. <laughs> He's unbelievable. Wasn't it two weeks ago where he was like, we don't know? Yeah. Some guys just don't give a fuck. Yeah, of course it's in your best interest. You have Evans down, Godwin down, and Leonard Fournette got hurt. Of course, He's like, listen, I will let I will let the league determine what's right and what's wrong. But with Leonard Fournette out, we'll work out OJ. <laughs> it would be in our best interest to see what he's got. Hello, Twitter people. I'm yeah. live from the golf course. I just signed a contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's like, I'm going to be checking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers huddled. See if I can find the real killer. Now let's talk about fantasy. I had Derek Henry. I still haven't taken him off my roster, but, you know, I don't know. He, I think he might come back. But he ain't coming back like Nicole Brown. I got her good. I mean, if I got her good. You know what I'm saying? OJ Simpson. By the way, still not verified on Twitter. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's well, it's confusing. It's hard to verify him when he comes up like every week. He's like, hey there, it's OJ Mahomes. All right. Let's let's see what I, I let's play a quick clip of OJ. Let's see, let's see what's on OJ's lately. This is from uh 23 hours ago. Hey Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, first of all, why does he dude everyone knows who you hey, are? Hey Twitter world. It's yours truly. Yeah, you're the guy who killed two people and got away with it, allegedly. Like it's yours truly. Oh, he got away with it. Getting away with it wasn't allegedly. He yeah. killed two people allegedly and got away with it. True. Fantasy football playoffs, and I'm in it, but I'm I'm kind of hurt. And Mike Williams didn't. Oh, he could have caught one of those early touchdown passes the other night, but he didn't. So I'm hoping some of my other guys, job, uh, Justin Jefferson, and these guys come through. My biggest problem is running back. Uh, I know Elliot is going to be splitting times with Pollard. So, so, so hold on a, a quick, a quick, like for people who obviously can't see this. OJ's in like a bar. He's always in some bar. There's not a person in the background. Yeah. You can hear the music playing. He's wearing a Buffalo Bills scully. I, I, I just want to know that person who's managing the bar. It looks, you know, it's daytime, so it's probably very dead. Person's like, dude, OJ, stop doing your Twitter videos in the bar. I he probably loves it. It's probably in fucking Florida somewhere, and it probably says outside like Jimmy's Chicken and Crab Shack, home of OJ's Twitter World Twit vids. Hey, Twitter World, Mike Williams should have caught a few more passes again. Who is in his fantasy? That's all I want to know. Who is in the OJ Simpson? Are the Menendez brothers in it? The Menendez brothers, for sure. Who else? Who else is who else is in his fantasy? Is Casey Anthony in his fantasy league? I think Deshaun Watson, now that he's suspended, is probably in his fantasy league. Unbelievable. Do you think his bills have a shot at making some noise? Are they, are they going to bounce back? Big game against the Patriots coming up. I mean, they have a shot of making some noise, but what, you know, uh, to me, I, I, it's always it's the same. It's the same thing 
all the time. It's like, can you make it to you got to make it to the Super Bowl? Then anything can happen. I I would say they have an outside shot of appearing in the Super Bowl, but I don't love it. But also in the AFC, you know, we've talked about the Chiefs having the, the highest odds because they're like in the AFC. I like the the Bills over a lot of teams. Well, look, man, they got the Patriots next week in New England, and then they have the Falcons and Jets at home. So if they can take care of the Patriots, they're in first place in that division. Right. And they should win those last two games. But as we know, nothing's guaranteed this year. I like them better than Tennessee without Derrick Henry. I like them better than Cincinnati. I like them better than Indianapolis. The Chargers, I mean, they'd be... That'd be an interesting matchup, Chargers Bills, but it's like Tennessee trust the Bills more. Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. I was Tennessee, root- Tennessee. I was rooting for them yesterday. They're up thirteen to three because I was like, "Wow, this is kind of a fun storyline." If they win this game, they're in. They're the they're in the number one seed because they crushed Kansas City and they'd have the same record. The inefficiency or just I, I just don't get like I know you don't have Derrick Henry. You're up 13 to three. The Steelers are doing absolute. It's every Steelers game. The Steelers don't do anything in the first halves ever. That was such a hard game to watch. And Ryan Tannehill. Why didn't they just run? I've, I've heard that the yards per carry and the yards per game for Tennessee running backs is actually higher than when they had Derrick Henry. So where why didn't they just run the game out? Yeah. The oh, because. Oh, because Derrick Henry only gets stronger as he eats the blood of opponents over the course of the first three quarters and every other human slows down. Yeah. Momentum's not a thing for Derrick Henry. That's for sure. Derrick Henry's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm the opposite of momentum. Yeah. He he's a beast, man. It that just it was it was painful to watch. The Steelers, again are so painful to watch. I hate the Steelers. And the Titans are that way too, without Derrick Henry. They're, yeah. they're, bo- they're both just so bad. And, and I'll just be honest. Eh, you know, I'm not, I don't know how I like, I don't think I like this TJ Watt guy. I just don't think I like him. Well, you just didn't like his brother. I, I don't like the, the Watts that much. I just don't. The dance. I look, I look forward to once again, rooting for the Pittsburgh Steelers and when they get rid of Ben Roethlisberger. Just like, what is just a fucking huge, he's in OJ's fantasy league probably right oh yeah he probably they're like is. you're not allowed to compete you're in the nfl he's like okay but i'm gonna do it anyway and they're like no means no ben you're not allowed to do it he's like i'm actually in two fantasy leagues the arizona cardinals are melting down right before our eyes they didn't just lose to detroit they got their butts kicked by the detroit lions that was never a game Ever. And now the Rams are right there. Yeah. Take that division. I'm loving my Rams Chiefs Super Bowl pick right now. Obviously, I don't. I mean, the Packers are looking great, but just saying in terms of. uh, In terms of a preseason pick, it's like hard to be in a better position than you are with, you know, a team that potentially is going to overtake the Cardinals and win the NFC 
West and the odds on favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Can you imagine we had never had a home team with the Super Bowl and we did last year with the Bucks? And if that happened, we'd have back to back years. Yeah. Where a home team is home for the Super Bowl. And they have two, I mean, obviously two shots at it this year. Well, come on. The Rams are the only team that has a shot. I do like their chances if they win that division. I mean, I've liked their chances all along, but I mean, if they win that, they division, still have to go to Lamb. They would have to go to Lambeau, right? So, Odell Beckham on the road in January. Does he mix in a boat we, trip on the way? Well, we all know what happened last time Odell was in Lambeau. Right. Yeah, he played terrible, but they get by tonight which I assume they will. I know they have a lot of guys out with COVID, which is, which I, I didn't follow the new protocols. I can't keep up with it. If a guy's asymptomatic, why can't he just play? Why does it matter? Listen, because, I don't know. because it's like, it's like the NFL, the NBA, the, these leagues, they test every single day. By the way, the last time Odell was in Lambeau, he had five catches for 81 yards and touchdown. That was three weeks ago. I was talking about playoffs. I know what you're talking about. I just wanted to correct you while we're before we moved okay. on from that. Okay. Um, I mean, the asymptomatic thing is because at like what like, you know, what does that is, even what does that even mean essentially? But my right? point is my point is if you tested so every player in the NBA, every player in the NHL, every player in the NFL is tested every day. If you tested every single American every day. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But every single American every day doesn't have to like get in a room with 50 other guys and then like wrestle with them and whatever. And then also asymptomatic. What does that mean? Does that mean like no fever? Does that mean no? Like if, if you're a player and you test positive, like, let's say I was a player and I tested positive, but I felt like good enough to play. Couldn't I just be like, no, I don't have any symptoms. I don't have a headache. My chest doesn't hurt. I mean, I'm totally asymptomatic. So just let me play. Yeah. What does that look like? I don't know. The, 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 here's my issue. And, you know, I know I'm a woke liberal cock snowflake or whatever, but uh, I it, it's the same thing. It, it ends up being the same thing as like, the way I've kind of like low key, even though I think he's a jackass, low key uh, defended Roger Goodell over the years. Cause like, what do you want them to do? The idea that we're just going to be like, COVID's not real. Just let everybody play with COVID is reckless and stupid. But like, so what are you supposed to do? You, you, you're supposed to, we can't have a case by case basis situation. It's like the NFL, people are all, you know, you look at like Eagles fans who are like, how come when we were out, the game didn't get postponed and whatever. It's like everybody is just trying to figure it out in real time. Well, I really do think they love it. The owner who loves it, the COVID no, the owners, the owners definitely don't love it. <laughs> they don't, they don't love all these games on primetime. You think, you think the owners, Want you tuning into the Nick Mullins show tonight? I think the owners like that. There's two games now on national TV tonight. There's going to be two more tomorrow. 
the NFL now will have eight games in 10 days. Well, the networks might love it. That, As we've talked about many times in the past, the NFL doesn't give a shit about your ratings. But we all know, my point is like, seven o'clock tomorrow night, you have two NFL games on a Tuesday night. Sure. Any sports fan is watching those games. Sure. That's all I'm saying. But I think the star power, I think I think they want teams at full strength. You don't want, if you're the owner, you don't want... Uh, you don't want question marks about the validity of your season because this team got to play with this many guys out, but then this team didn't and blah, blah, blah. And the bottom line is there, I'm sure a smart, a smarter person than me, a doctor, like, uh, you know, somebody who understands the the real intricacies of this um, pandemic way in with way greater depth than I do could come up with a plan that is like, here's how we should handle it. But at the same time, there's so much red tape when it comes to these sports leagues, anything, there's a union, then there's this, then there's that, then there's like, whoa, blah, 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 blah. Like you can't just make changes on the fly. And that's why I'm like, listen, but they, they kind of did, tra- did last week. Right. And, and, and people flip out about it. Right. So it's like, I think that they're just trying to do the best job that they absolutely can. There's there. I can, I can tell you one thing with a hundred percent certainty. There's no sort of rigged thing where like this team is going to get to play if their opponent doesn't have this many COVID and this one does. I'm seeing that a lot from Eagles fans. How come the game got postponed when they're, it's like guys. Well, one thing I do want to say that I feel is not being talked about enough in, in regards to COVID in regards to last year, especially come playoff time. There was no fans in the stands last year, really. Right. I, I'm just saying like, I think it's going to be a different animal this year, right? Like, like there was very few fans in the stands. If any, at some of these places, you're going to have a packed Lambeau field. Now you could have a packed arrowhead, which I think is now. less of a factor than really. And, I, which I think is less of a factor than the different. I th- I really think that the difference here is just exactly what I'm seeing, you know, with comedy in New York right now is like that they're like, if you're in the NFL right now, you can go out somewhere and get COVID and whatever. It's like you went out and you went to the club and you got last year, last year, if you were like whoever, you know, Baker Mayfield got, COVID because he went to a party, you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with Baker Mayfield? And we're just like a year removed from it where people are just like, oh, that's what's happening, you know? Yeah, but you don't think the home field advantage, uh, it just, it didn't mean anything last year. Like, oh, like, like, oh like, like, no, that's absolutely a factor. I, oh. I, I, I certainly, certainly that's a factor, but uh, not, l- l- I, I didn't, like, I, I thought I, I, I have to agree. Of, People getting COVID, no one's oh. getting COVID from the fans being stands being. Full. Oh, oh no, yeah, I wasn't talking. I was, I was talking about the factor of the fans. I, I think, I don't know if it was Troy Aikman or it was someone made a good point about last year's Bucks team. They won all their games in the road, and someone's point this year was there was no fans. It could not have been an easier year. How do fans affect it? Is there oh momentum? Like oh like yeah, playing under different circumstances, right? So the, so. Yeah, so the argument is this year 
it, it, again, I forget who said it, but I thought I agreed with them saying, I don't see a team winning three road games this year with fans. I just don't see a team doing what the Bucks did last year. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, Eli Manning's retired, so we we'll probably won't see that for a while. Won't see that till Arch gets drafted. I, I do know if I'm headed out for a playoff game, I would be at the tailgate and I would be grilling some of that fine meat from our friends at Butcher Box, Joe. I think if you're going to do a grill out, if you're in Kansas City, that high quality meat that is not only healthy, but it's a great tasting meat. And I absolutely love their burgers. I love their steak. I know it's cold here now, but I did a grill out recently with my family. They said, wow, Andy, this meat tastes great. Where'd you get it from? I'm like butcher box. If you guys have not checked out butcher box, Sign up today. Every month, Butcher Box ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. Free shipping for the continental United States. No antibiotics or added hormone or no antibiotics or added hormones. That's the word. Each box contains between eight to fourteen pounds of meat, depending on the box of your choice. That's enough to feed twenty-four individuals. This holiday, Butcher Box is giving new members one pack of bacon for free in every box plus $20 off each box for the first five months of your membership. That's free bacon for life and up to $100 off. This is a really great deal. So I would take advantage of this now. Sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. Speaking of the Packers, I saw something the other day watching the game you'll love this stat this is a great stat for her. I've, I've been taking dings at coaches this episode but here's a here's a positive one this is matt lafleur's third season prano as the coach yep he's had 26 turnover free games in those three years think about that. pretty good yeah so he's not even done with his third season he's averaging you're already looking at like 12 yeah, it's great. So like nine. Mm. Sorry, 26, you said. Yeah, Got 26. It. So he's in almost nine games a season where the team does not turn the ball over. Now, I think a lot of that, obviously, is the guy throwing the ball. Sure. Because he but doesn't fumbles turn the ball and, over. you know. Yeah. But like that is a crazy stat to have. And on the opposite end of things, I just want to say, I know we have two fans out there. That pick six that he threw yesterday was so fucking bad. I have to just take a ding at him. Did you see I it? Just, I just, yeah, I did. And I just don't understand. I, I, I don't understand how somebody is just like a to a stand right now. I, I have no, I have no ill will toward the guy. Like, what, what, what is my, he doesn't well, play well, in my t- fucking division. Tony Romo was hyping him up during the, I just think the eye test is so clear. Game. Tua looks competent to good against bad teams or like when it's going good. But otherwise, like I have yet to see Tua just like have a game where he where he looks excellent. You have to look excellent at some point. Daniel Jones has had games where he looks excellent. Has Tua had games where he like 
poured it on and doesn't, I mean, it's all the short routes. It's all like, I, I just haven't seen anything where he's where I go. Oh, this is the signature to a game. Well, I mean, you have articles like this. I, I just put them into Google. Tua has one of his worst games and still led Dolphins to a win. Yeah, that's that's such shit. What? Yeah, look, I like his numbers aren't that bad. A lot of people would say they're good. But I agree. I mean, let, let me just ask you off the top of your head. Let's see, let's see how close you are. I'm looking at his numbers from this year. Okay. How many times do you think two has thrown for 300 yards this year? Once. Yep. He's thrown for. I, I, I only said once because I wanted to. I, I almost said twice and I was like, that's not it. And then I almost said zero. So I said, because I went with once. He's thrown for 250, 250 or more yards this season. Three times. Which is okay. First, yeah. Which is Which, fine. It's fine, but the other thing is, is your what? What's Miami's record right now? Seven and seven. They're right in the playoff hunt. If you're throwing for two hundred and forty yards a game on average, and you're, you know, twelve and two, fine. But that means that there are games where you, they needed you to be exceptional to win, and you didn't. You were unable to do it. By the way, he's not he's not averaging close to that, Joe. Last year he averaged 181 yards passing a game. This year he's averaging 214. What the fuck are we talking about here, guys? But also, again, but so he he missed a couple games this year. He's probably they're seven and seven. He's probably what five and five. You know, last year he missed a he he took over. He play, he probably played half the games. They were in the mix last year. He was six and four. You know what I mean? We're, we're not talking about a guy who's like game managing and is 14 and five in his career. He's probably a 500 quarterback. He's, he's uh one, two, three, four. He's six and four this year as a starter. Okay. And what was he last year? But, but to be fair, one game, he got hurt right away. Okay. I have it right here. There we go. Game log. He's 11 and seven in his career. 25 TDs to 13 interceptions. But like, there's been a lot of praise lately on him. I think because the Dolphins have won what six in a row because of their defense. Like, it's because of their defense. And there's so many games in there. I mean, I know you are your record, but like, there's so many games in there where it's like, you don't beat a good team. Well, well, yeah. And, and, and like I said, watching that game yesterday, that, that pick six he threw was so bad. It was so telegraphed. I was obviously mad too because I took the Dolphins to cover the spread against you, so I lost that. But I'm watching that saying, a good quarterback doesn't make this throw. He just doesn't make this throw. He doesn't. Their signature win in that streak is 22-10 at home over the Ravens. Otherwise, they've beaten the Texans 17-9. They've beaten the Jets 
24 to 7. They beat the Panthers. They beat the Giants 20 to 9. And they beat the Jets 31-24. All bad teams, and except for the Panthers games, all close games. You're playing bad teams close. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely not team Tua at all. But again, you know, they have a good defense. And I I like Flores as a coach. It's kept them in the hunt. You know, a team that bounces back from one and seven to now be seven and seven. Let's look at them. And now they've got the Saints, Titans, and Patriots down the stretch. Good luck. New Orleans is favored by three next week at home. Then they have the Titans on the road. Then they have the Patriots at home. Are the Dolphins in the playoffs? No. That's an emphatic no. I mean, the playoffs are crazy. I'm looking right now. The ASC 12 teams have seven wins. If the Browns beat the Raiders, the Browns are in first place in that division. Right. And they bump the Bengals right back out. That's how crazy that division is and how crazy the ASC is. I have a, uh, I have an update for you on, uh, Peng Shui. Oh, nice. Where is she? Well, she's uh, she's just resting at home, you know, in, in China. She did a interview with a, a Singapore newspaper outlet. And she said, first of all, I want to emphasize something that is very important. I have never said that I wrote that anyone sexually assaulted me. I need to emphasize this point very clearly. She told the newspapers, even though she definitely tweeted that, that she was sexually assaulted by a member of the communist party. Yeah. So now she's saying that was the first thing she said in an interview. She wanted to get that out of the way. This is sketchy. She says, uh, She's been staying mainly at home in Beijing, but was free to come and go. By the way, if you have to tell people you're free to come and go, you ain't free to come and go. Never once have I ever been like, yeah, I'm staying at home. I'm free to come and go. So in response to this latest interview, the Women's Tennis Association has said, as we have consistently stated, these appearances do not alleviate or address the W2A's significant concerns about her well-being and ability to communicate without censorship or coercion. We remain steadfast in our call for a full, fair, and transparent investigation without censorship into her alleged or into her allegation of sexual assault, which is the issue that gave rise to our initial concern. We at the Women's Tennis Association will be continuing to avoid playing any sort of tournaments in China until we have an interview with Peng Shui where a shadow of a gun is not on the background. So here's what's here's what's great. Who's this interview? The reporter did not ask how or why the lengthy and highly detailed November 2nd post appeared or even if Peng's account had been hacked. Can you imagine? I'm going to hack someone's account and say... Uh, the reporter also did not ask why... She was shaking during the interview and urine had soaked her pants. 
it's absolutely wild, dude. Anyway, she's definitely being held captive, and uh, you heard it here first, the Dirty Sports Podcast. Another the Dirty old, Sport, the, the, the weekly Dirty Sports Peng Shui update. We have another update on an old story as we're okay. going through these. Headline reads, Bishop Sycamore School, a scam, Ohio Department of Education says, in blistering report. By the way, this is where my taxpayer dollars are going in the state yeah. of Ohio. After weeks, Joe, they needed weeks, Joe. The Ohio Department of Education needed weeks. I, I mean, I use Twitter. I didn't need weeks. They released a 79-page report. <laughs> Dude, what are we doing here? You needed a 79-page report. Google showed that the address of the school was like somebody's house. A 79-page report. Unfortunately, the facts suggest that Bishop Sycamore High School was and is, in fact, a scam, the report says. Bishop Sycamore was a way for students to play football against high school teams and potentially increase students' prospects of playing football at the collegiate level. The school did not do, here's what I love, the school did not provide or meet a single state standard. That seems like the end of the report. Yeah. Do we need anything else? <laughs> no, we needed 78 more pages. Yeah. So like this report is coming to you in five large chapters. Think of it as the macaroni, the chili, the cheese, <laughs> the onions. Unbelievable. I do love this. There is no evidence that the school enrolled students had a physical location for classes to meet employed teachers nor offered any academic program to meet even the bare minimum of the state standards. Dude, this is but amazing. A Singaporean newspaper says that Peng Shui has joined their tennis team and is fine. Not only is she fine, she's the new head coach of the Bishop Sycamore ladies tennis team. So, so you'll love this. So according to the report, supposedly 19 students enrolled for the 2020-21 school year. But yet, they had like 75 guys on a football team. <laughs> right. Wait, wait, what? 1975. All-time boss move, by the way. Who's going to play the founder slash head coach, whatever it was, of Bishop Sycamore in this movie. Why are, Andy, is this we, Jamie Foxx? Yeah, we've let our merch game fall off. Why do we not have property of Bishop Sycamore football t-shirts for sale on the Dirty Sports website? Ooh. Property of Bishop Sycamore athletic department. That's pretty funny. Oh my God. That's really funny. I would wear that with pride. Dude, this article makes me want to vomit, though. Investigators had doubts. Yeah, again, Twitter. Like, like we learned this all on Twitter three months ago. Anyway, that's your uh, that's that's your update going on there. Investigators had doubts when they stopped by the home of athletic director Phil McCracken after 
not being able to reach Mr. McCracken by phone at the number he gave us, 555-555-5785, we decided to visit his residence at 1234 Main Street, Ohio. (laughs) Mr. McCracken was not home. And in fact, we weren't sure if we were at the right address because he did not give us a city. We do have some updates on dirt balls who've made reckless food decisions. We'll, we'll, okay. get to some, we'll get to some of those calls, but I want to let everyone know. And I said this with Joe before we started the show, Spotify is now allowing you to rate podcasts. So if you are listening to us via Spotify, show us some love. We'd appreciate it. Give us five stars. You give me a screenshot Send it to me on Twitter at dirty at the dirty sports or at Andy Ruther, and I can send you some koozies or just do it. You know, I had somebody the other day say, I already got koozies, man. Just wanted to help the show. Five stars, five stars on Spotify. No reviews. Just, just this one's really easy. Right. All you gotta do is click the five. I might do it right now because I'm not a Spotify user. So I for sure have not done it on Spotify. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for those of you who are Spotify guys. Let go do it. I'm literally going to do it right now. Dirty yeah. sports. And while, while you do that, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, let's listen to the dirt balls. Let's see some of their reckless food decisions that they've made. Let's see what we got. This was all spurned by the John Daly story. Quick reminder. He spent $446 on a Taco Bell order. I shared Ridiculous. my, I shared my 20 junior bacon cheeseburger story from Las Vegas when I lived there. So I want to hear some of your guys' reckless stories on eating food. 310-359-8365. What's up, fellas? JT from Jersey here, calling in about the crazy food orders. Uh, last year, me and uh, one of my college roommates, we were we were in quarantine for uh, coronavirus. And one night we, uh, well, basically every night we got fucking stoned in quarantine. But one night we had the genius idea to order Chinese food. And, you know, I found local Chinese menu, whatever. And I found some, like, meat supreme fucking rice, stir fry, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Literally a little bit of everything. Sampler box for, like, Poo-poo you know, platter. six or eight people. And we order it. It's, like, fucking 50 or 60 bucks. We get it. And we uh, it's, like, three catering tray size things, you know, one of all meat, one of all the fried dumplings and shit, and one of all the rice and lo mein and needless to say we both fucking crush it and we were baked as shit and then both fell asleep on the couches outside in the living room and woke up about three in the morning and i fucking hate myself so uh, there you go condoms up for joe bartnick well you know i don't think that one was too reckless i mean he said it, it could feed six to eight people for two people they, okay. they ate four people's worth of food each i mean it's pretty reckless pretty reckless Especially the Chinese food. Yeah. But the Chinese imagine food. Eating Chinese, imagine eating so much Chinese food that you wake up four hours later and you're not craving more Chinese food. Why does Chinese food not fill you up and you go back a few hours later? I don't know. Probably has something to do with the, the, the Madison Square Garden. The MSG. Yeah. The world's most famous additive. Maybe we should. Can we get Ping Shui on the line to ask her? <laughs> why canceled, Chinese- canceled, 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 canceled. Oh, oh, oh. Just getting shot with canceled bullets. Wait, why am I getting canceled? 
She's Chan Gillis is trying to call in on the hotline right now to participate in this conversation about Peng Shui overordering Chinese food. I just want to know if she knows. I would love to hear her comment. She's like, I I just want to make it a statement right now that, well, first of all, I'm not under duress of any kind. Chinese food's actually really healthy and good for you. I have to go. Peng, peng Chui out. All right. Here's another one. What's up, Dirty Sports? It's your uh, number one unranked GR Dirtball Taylor. I'm a longtime listener, second-time caller. Joe, you and I spent a special moment at the urinal at the live show in Chicago a couple of years ago where we took a selfie. Uh Fortunately, I lost that picture, so I'll never be able to blackmail you with it, but it was a good moment. I'm going to pause it there. Do you remember taking a selfie with the dirtball at the urinal? I don't. I don't. In, in Chicago. Sounds great. Sounds like we had fun. Okay. Let's see about his food. Uh, I was just calling in to give you my rundown of my uh, overspending. I once went to Applebee's after having a big Halloween party at my house. Um about three quarters of the way through the party, I was pretty lit, and my girlfriend and friends wanted to go to Applebee's. So I Fancy. hopped in the car with, not driving, uh, with a, another driver, and left everybody at my house with my roommates to go to Applebee's. Can we um, pause we for a second? There, I, yeah. The guy who's driving you is at fault here. Who's the sober guy who's like, yeah, I'll take all these people to Applebee's? Yeah. Make, it, make a fucking... You're, if you're sober enough to drive these people, you're sober enough to drive them to fucking someplace better than Applebee's. I blame that guy entirely. Okay, continue. What's worse, driving drunk or driving sober to Applebee's? Definitely driving sober to Applebee's. Premeditated murder of your yeah. intestinal system. True. I was with my girlfriend. I bought both steak dinners, I think, with a couple additional sides. Um, we both got a couple of appetizers. Uh, lots of the big, hella big margarita drinks, and the bill came, and there was $150 as an Applebee's. It's a lot. Now, I was a barista at the time, so I made about $150 a week. So that was about my entire paycheck. Um, and I don't regret it. <laughs> One of the best drunk meals I ever had. Wow. Uh, that's all I got for you. Stay dirty, boys. What do you think of that? I mean, $150 is two for 20. I mean, at 20, six meals, that's 15 items. Yeah. It's a lot of Applebee's. He doesn't regret it, though. You know, remember when McAfee, when Pat McAfee did our show, he loves Applebee's. Yeah. He, he would get their ribs delivered. Yeah. He also, that- he also never wears sleeves. Do you think Pat McAfee now that he's just a hundred percent of the sleeveless, a hundred percent of the time? I, I I'd like to see the analytics on uh, Applebee's patrons that spend one hundred percent of their life without sleeves. <laughs> Do you think now that McAfee signed that massive? I think it was like one hundred twenty million dollars with FanDuel. He's still going to Applebee's. Like, is he still going to Applebee's? Yeah, just, I think he is, man. Or, he's, or he just buy one. He's like, fuck it, I'm worth yeah. this much money. He probably, he probably mentioned Applebee's twice on his show, and now Applebee's just shows up. He just like goes out to the front door every day. There's just ribs from Applebee's laying there. 
Yeah. Maybe I'll go. Like, baby, we just signed a $120 million deal. You want to do date night at Applebee's? Fancy like sleeves on a shirt, two for 20 at Applebee's. Let's uh, let's get to some non-food calls. Okay. This I'll be curious what you say for this one. What's up, guys? It's Joey from Minnesota. I just wanted to add to the commercial conversation from the most recent episode. Um, I think if I have to watch this, and I know Andy already talked about this, I just, if I have to watch this Kate McKinnon Verizon commercial one more fucking time, I'm going to put a gun in my mouth. Um, and it just made me think of what is, over all of the years you guys have watched the NFL, seeing these commercials played on every single break, uh, they're just over and over and over again. What is the most annoying or worst commercial you can have, you can ever remember from whatever year? Um, God. For me, I, I just, I really got to say that the Kate McKinnon one is up there. I, I don't think I've ever been this angry over, over a commercial that has nothing uh, controversial in it or something like that. Uh, thank you guys. Condoms are for Verizon. Dude, the Kate McKinnon one is really bad. Like, oh yeah, it's bad. Like her voice. It's nails on a chalkboard. I'm going to go with and I know I know our fans. I know this is going to set some people off. But in terms of so the thing is is like with these commercials, they're so bad. It's when they haunt you outside of them being on. Like the second that Kate McKinnon commercial is over, I just catch my breath and it's fine. I'm just going to say, and now I, I, there's probably something I'm forgetting, but fuck dilly dilly forever. Just fuck dilly dilly forever. Oh yeah. People were saying it in bars, dude. Oh yeah. I forgot. We, we won't even name the brand because because they're trash. They are a competitor with our presenting sponsor, Miller light. Yeah. They're not even a competitor. They're doing fucking trash ass commercials that ruin your life, making fucking piss water. Hey, hey, you know what though? Here's the silver lining. Me and Goldberg in Las Vegas and getting Goldberg on a video with like two like Vegas girls at March Madness and you know, skimpy little referee outfits, and getting Goldberg holding up some of their gear and going, dilly dilly. Like, Unbelievable. That was, that was funny for me. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Dude, they turned it into like like a short film for the Super Bowl, didn't they? Oh, yeah. The the Viagra bathtub overlooking the Oh yeah, the Cialis or whatever it was. Yeah, the Cialis one where the old couples in a bathtub and they're it's probably some, hands. Yeah, probably somewhere in like California and they're overlooking the ocean and you're like, "What?" Yeah. Where, where does this happen? I mean, that wasn't, not like a, you're just like, what is this? Yeah, that wasn't as annoying. Have you seen these previews? I used to do a joke about it forever ago, and they stopped doing this now that we've finally broken away from the, uh, from like the, uh, you know, 
the 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 weed defamation portion portion of our history. But you remember the Partnership for Drug Free America commercials where they would try to shame you into not doing drugs. They would like present these horrific situations where like a kid was drowning and no one knew because like they were stoned. Those were always worse. I'm like, yo, I'm stoned right now. Why are you trying to make me think of drowning kids? Remember there was one where. Did they, run those during, did they run those during football or are you just say? Oh, yeah. No, they would run those. They would run those during football. Partnership for Drug Free America. There's one where, remember, I used to do a joke about it because there's one where a kid's driving out of the, uh, or uh, the, the, the teens are all stoned at the McDonald's drive through and yeah. they hit the kid on the tricycle. <laughs> yeah. I used to do a joke like that kid's parents were just like, hey, just go do, uh, just drive in, ride in circles in that McDonald's parking lot until kids hit you with their car. That's when you know it's time to come home. Like, who are the parents of this kid? Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other ones. But Dilly Dilly ruined my life for like two years. Yeah, they did it. They did it for two football just seasons. Just the, the worst people in America just out. Dilly Dilly! <laughs> T-shirts yeah. and shit. Oh, I was just about to say the T-shirts. Unbelievable. What else is like exceptionally annoying? The, the, so- the Sonic guys were pretty annoying to me. Yeah. Some of them were funny, but yeah, overall. The, the main two that were the spokespeople for a while. It's the, the ones that are the, the ones that are, are always the most hated are the ones where it's like, Something and they're like pushing you on, you know, whatever. Five, five dollar, five dollar foot longs. I'm like, I'm gonna murder somebody. Yeah. I, I wonder always though, the worst companies too, right? Well, I wonder though, like like take Verizon. I wonder if they know everyone's ads are annoying, but it's still good product placement because we're talking like we're talking about it right now. Yeah. And they know you don't really, you have like three or four options for your cell carrier. So they know your options are limited, which by the way, I have been going around trying to get a new, dude, this is so funny. I'm no one has put more time into buying a new cell phone than me. Why? No one, because they're all much of scam artists. And I'm trying to get the best rate and I don't want to go too far down it. Are you changing your service? Yeah. So basically I have a very old cell phone. I have a six, I have a, I have a 6S. I bought this in April of 2016. I mean, the audacity of you to call out guys who have Androids rocking a 6S. I bought this. I bought this in May of 2016. What kind of battery life do you get? Do you just have to charge the second you walk out of the house? Do you have 30% when you step out your front door? The funny part is I replaced the battery in 2018. Yeah, I have to charge all the time. All the time. So I've gone around to Verizon, AT&T, Spectrum. Oh, they're such scam artists. Because to do the monthly plan, I'm sorry, to, to buy, you can't just buy the cell phone, the iPhone, the new iPhone. So I want to buy the new iPhone. They'll give me $400 back. But they won't do that unless I'm on a payment plan. So this right. is all, this is always how it goes. When I go to, I always think I'm going to go to a different one. I'm somehow going to figure this out. No, I've got like three or four different Verizon stores. I've, I'm with, I've been with Spectrum for a while because they, they have by far the cheapest rates and they use Verizon's towers. So it's the same service. So like the other day I go into Verizon 
and she says, uh, oh, you know, the new iPhone, blah, blah, blah. It's $800. This is, I look at her, I go, I'm just going to pay for the phone right now. She's like, well, you can't do that to get the, 500, the $400 on this phone. And I'm like, why not? But why, why not? do you want to? I don't want to be in a payment plan for a fucking cell phone. They just add it to your bill. It's just adding. It's just you're just paying for your monthly service and the phone. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Why do you want to buy a phone outright? Because I don't, I don't want to have to pay anything on the phone. I don't want to have that hanging over. Not that it's that much hanging over me, but you know what I mean. So you're going to add fucking 25 bucks to your bill every month or whatever? Yeah, I'd rather just pay it. If I have the money to just pay it, I'll just pay it. A bunch of crooks. All a bunch of crooks. And yeah. Never seen anybody with this problem. No one's gone to more. No one's gone to more cell phone stores than me trying to negotiate. And they well, look at why, me. Well, then why don't you just buy a phone off of like somebody on the internet? But I think then I would, I, I don't, I have to figure it out. If I go to spectrum, I'm locked in $65 flat rate unlimited a month. No one can, no one can come close to that. No one can come close to that. $65 is cheap for so unlimited. You just need a new phone. So just buy the phone. Can you just buy the phone from Apple? Yeah, but I don't know if Spectrum will keep me locked into that rate. Because when I went to them initially, the guy was like, oh, new phone. It's going to change everything if you don't have our internet. And I don't have their internet right now. My point is that you also- just change your SIM card and your phone and just put it into a new phone. <laughs> I don't even think they'd fucking know. That's, that's what I'm asking. Can I do that? Well, they're going to try to get... I, listen, I'm sure somebody listening to this knows better than me. But can't Andy just buy his phone from Apple and then just put his card in it. That's what I yeah. thought. Are, are they all still using SIM cards? Yeah. Hey, let me know. Slide in my DMs at Andy Ruther or at the Dirty Sports. Call the hotline. Make fun of me. 310-359-8365. That's our show. As far as calls, we're done. Um, I've got some plugs, Andy. Let's Go start out it. with, I yesterday got a couple of, it's been a while, but it's great to know that this is happening around the holidays because it reminded me that it's a thing. Just got some cameo requests for some happy holiday wishes from your favorite dirty sports podcast host. So uh, if you'd like to be added to my happy holidays list that I'm about to bang out some, I'm still on cameo. Can't wait to wish you or your loved ones. What is, what is Joe Prano charge Christmas. for a cameo? I think it's like $20. Yeah. I'm, 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 a- I'm, I'm all about qu- quantity, not quality. First what? of all, you get the quality, you get the quality, but I'm just here to rip them off and give them out to you guys. Maybe um, I should join Cameo to try to like steal your leverage and, and I'll say I'll do my naked. Would that help or hurt? I don't know. Um, also, if you uh, want to see some shows, I have shows in New York here in the next week or so before I head out of town. I'm doing Frantic, which is one of my favorite shows at the stand tonight. Uh, and then on the other side of the holiday, I've got, I believe it's Sunday, the 26th. I've got three shows in New York. I've got two shows at Gotham and then the late show at the stand. And then I've got another show at the stand. I believe it's frantic next Monday. And then of course I will be in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, opening for Eddie Ift all weekend, but also headlining myself on Thursday, 
December 30th at House of Comedy in Arizona. So if you are in the Arizona area, uh, come on down. I think Randy Ruther might be doing a guest spot on the show on the 30th. Randy and then of course, Ruther, get a who day. Yeah, just come and just scream who day all through Randy Ruther sets. And then uh, and then uh, uh, opening for Eddie all weekend. So New York, New Yorkers, you can come see some shows. Arizonites, you can come see some shows, preferably that Thursday where I'm headlining. Or uh, if you're not in either of those places, keep your eye on JoePrano.com, at JoePrano on all social media except for Twitter at Fix Your Life. Or hit me up on Cameo, and I'll do some jokes and some holiday wishes for you there. And again, quick reminder, if you're on Spotify, you listen to the show via that app, just rate us five stars, preferably that simple. Okay. That is our show. Good start to the week. We'll be back on Thursday. You guys have a great day. And as always stay dirty.